Welcome to The Howler, your weekly look into the state of Wolfpack athletics. Now let's go to your hosts, Ethan Barry and Madison Bell. Another edition of The Howler is upon us. Ethan Barry and Madison Bell with you once again. No guest this week, unfortunately, but um, looking forward to talking some men's and women's basketball. We haven't really talked about the women's basketball team, Madison, but they've been good this year, and they, I think they've won five or six in a row. Yeah, I feel like this is not the season that a lot of NC State fans expected for the women's team, especially. They've won seven in a row. Wow. Especially with um, the loss of Dominique Wilson and my Spencer, Ashley Williams. There are a lot of seniors that left last season. But um, Westmore has gotten them, gotten them ready to go. Seven in a row in the ACC. I mean, yeah, I'm looking at the schedule right now. All seven of the wins, well, actually, five of the seven wins have been by double digits, and one of them, one of the ones that wasn't, was by nine points. <laughs> and they've beaten Syracuse, who is ranked, and Florida State is a top ten team. So it's not like they're just beating up on nobody. And um, I've seen them play a few times. They're good. They're a really good defensive team, too. We actually covered the game. I've covered a, I've covered a couple <coughs> games. I think we saw them play Tulane. Was that the one you came to? Or Georgetown? Tulane, I think. Tulane. But they lost. No. Yes, they lost when we went. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I don't remember covering a game they lost. But either way, we we saw the team in early December covering for the technician. Maybe they didn't lose. Yeah, I don't okay, think Okay, just lost. kidding. They didn't lose, but it was not a good night. I I feel like they lost because they weren't happy. They were Was it East Tennessee State and they won by 12? I think that's what it was. Yeah. Either yeah. way, they were yeah. not happy. At the post game, Westmore <laughs> was not pleased with his team. He made that clear. He said that they were going to have to figure out how to score, and by golly, I think they've done it. Well, they've done it with defense, really. I mean, they have figured out how to score enough, but, I mean, go down, look at the look at how many points they've scored in these games that they're winning, 56, 60, 66, 82, 62, 65, 72. So they've scored over 72 points once. I'm intrigued by... Well, still, I'm intrigued by the transfer of Lucky Rudd. Yeah. I thought you were going to talk about Kiara Leslie since she's still on the team. No, but. Yeah, that was that was interesting. It happened, um, I guess, it's over winter break. Yeah. Definitely happened over winter break. I'm not exactly sure which game it was. But, yeah, I mean, it happens. I mean, I bet Missouri was a little confused when Blake Harris when Blake Harris left after one year. But look, Lucky wanted to go somewhere <coughs> she could play. Chelsea Nelson doing big things though. Yeah, she's had a really good mm -hmm. senior year. Yeah, NC State has the best defense in the in the ACC. Fifty six points a game. Wow. Uh, winning games by an average of eleven point four. State's so in the bottom half in scoring, sixty seven point four. So, yeah, they're doing it with mm -hmm. defense. And uh, 
they're up there on rebounding too. State, let's see what we got here. I don't think that's right. State is out rebounding their opponents by an average of 11. And about, this doesn't add up. It says rebounding offense is 43.3. There's no way they're averaging 43 <laughs> offensive rebounds a game. But either way, top three in the in the ACC in rebounding, number one in defense. Look, that's how you want – if you're going to win games after losing as many seniors as state lost, that's how you do it. You Absolutely. Know? And that's something you can always hang your, ad on, your hat on. Defense travels is the saying. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, look, sometimes you're going to have a bad night offensively. It happens. It, it happens to every team. And um, you can have a bad night defensively, but you don't have to – you don't have to necessarily be on to be playing good defense. You know, defense will keep you in the game anytime, anywhere. Absolutely. And uh, so Westmore is doing an incredible job. Um, I I'm excited to see what they can do. They're currently fourth in the ACC, I want to say. Um, but they've been top four, top five every year. Mm-hmm. So... Another great hire for yeah. WL. I really wanted to save this discussion for a later time, but we can talk about it right now. I don't think Debbie Yao has made a bad hire, if we're being honest. I mean, I know a lot of people complain about um, Gottfried, but, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, Mark Gottfried was not a bad hire. No. He had a bad ending, and that left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, including mine. But, um... I mean, considering how many years did he get us to the tournament in his... Yeah, first four years, two Sweet 16s. And it wasn't like State just got to the Sweet 16 and was like, oh, we made a good run. State nearly won both of those Sweet mm -hmm. 16 games. I remember the Sweet 16 game against Kansas, who went on to the National Championship game. I want to say State lost by three. Mm -hmm. I remember the video of Richard Howe shooting a three to tie the game when Scott Wood was five feet away wide open. And... uh Obviously, Howell missed. That would have sent the game to overtime. But, And then you had the Sweet 16 game against Louisville. And I want to say State lost by like nine, eight or nine. And it was close the whole time. Um, but Cat Barber was sick is the story. He had uh, food poisoning or something. Mm. So, I mean, it, it, Mark Gottfried was a good hire. I mean, I. you're right. It didn't end well. Um I don't really know what happened, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, I have my ideas. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I think everybody has their ideas. No, I. It just is so odd to me how a team can go from Sweet 16, like almost made it to the Elite Eight, to worst team in the conference. Yeah. I mean, that's what confuses me. Godfrey did his things his way, and he was better at some things than he was at others, and that's fine, but. Either way, what he did worked for four years, and then just all of a sudden it didn't work, and it was it was weird to me. But look, he was he was a good hire, and you could make the argument that he was the worst hire that Debbie has made. Yeah. Would you agree? And that, that, I mean, like I said, he was a good hire. Um. So I look Debbie has phenomenal. Yes. Uh. Back to the women's basketball team. <laughs> State 
I just wanted to touch on this since we brought it up. State is fourth in the ACC. They have a half-game lead. They're half-game ahead of Florida State, who they have the tiebreaker over, and half-game behind Virginia. Um, State plays Virginia. Uh, State already lost to Virginia. Okay, so State does not. So Virginia has a tiebreaker. So State will likely stick in fourth. They've got some opportunities to move up or down a little bit. But, look, you, lo you lose four seniors who – what do they combine for 50, 60 points a game oh, yeah. and have your team sitting fourth in the conference? It's pretty incredible. Speaking of incredible, Kevin Keats has NC State fifth, sixth. Well, t okay, so tied for fourth in the conference, which is incredible. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Insane, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really know how else to s what else to say about him. I mean – come on here and talk about him every week there's no like i feel like there's nothing else we can add states i'm not sure how the tiebreakers well state lost to miami so state would not be the four seed but um virginia is going to be the one seed clemson is in second place they're eight and three so state is a game and a half behind clemson but state split with clemson mm -hmm. and clemson lost dante grantham one of their best players and then you have duke seven and three miami and louisville are tied with State at 6-4. and four. State already lost to Miami with some help from Roger Ayers. Ayers? Ayers? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Florida State and Chapel Hill are slightly behind at 6-5. and five. Virginia Tech's 5-5. Five and five. So State's got an opportunity this week to really put themselves in position to get a bye. I think most of the talk recently has been, uh, is this, like, how is this team going to get in the tournament? What games do they need to win? Well, State goes 2-0 and this week against Virginia Tech and Chapel Hill. Not only – I mean, I think that would pretty much lock NC State into the tournament. But then you – I saw – sorry. Then you start looking at – this team could get a bye. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I looked it up. No team has ever gone from playing on Tuesday. So the ACC has done the tournament, the five-day tournament that they do now. They've done it for four years. Mm -hmm. No team has gone from uh, playing on Tuesday to a first round bye, and I don't uh, vice versa too. I mean, you go through and look at it, and the teams that are playing on Tuesday, or the teams that have the bye, are always the same. The teams that don't have the bye are always the same. And <laughs> look, that just tells you how good Kevin Keats is. Absolutely, I saw something on the Twitter sphere earlier about how NC State is receiving more top 25 votes and apparently they are now, it puts them at like 35th in the country. Yep, I saw the same thing. Third, yeah, something like that. 34, 35th, yeah, 35. Yeah, some, somewhere in that range. Mm -hmm. Exciting things. Yeah, and rankings don't really matter in the top 25. I think that's a misconception that people have. The committee's not going to pull up, you know, the AP top 25 and say, oh, look, Villanova's number one. They're the number one seed. That's mm -hmm. not how it works. So don't fret not being ranked. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. And State, I, get, I can guarantee you State will be ranked if they win both games this week. Um, but I'm a fan of being the underdog personally. Yeah. You don't like being ranked. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I think it's too much pressure. 
Yeah, it, it's something you have to get used to, and uh, that is as a state fan. It's hard for not something yeah. I'm used to. Exactly, and it was something else that I that I talked about uh, in an article I wrote for the technician. I mean, Kevin Keats has been spectacular this year. I thought you were gonna say Kevin Keats is a winner. Yeah, Kevin Keats is a winner, but <coughs> he's been so good. But it'll be interesting to me. Not to say that I'm questioning him, but it'll be interesting to see what happens when um, state comes into the year with high expectations. Because always, like we know, everybody knows that's always been an issue mm-hmm. for state. Just every single time you have high expectations, they don't live up to it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how Keats. How he handles that. States, I'd say states two years away from having high expectations. Next year's team is going to be so different from this year's team. I don't think there will be high expectations. Th- but it'll su- it'll certainly be a tournament team. I just don't think you're going to see state on preseason top 25 teams is my point. There will rankings. be high expectations for NC State fans, at least NC State fans, based solely on what this season right. has done already. I mean, so maybe not high expectations like nationally or in the rankings, but with fans, with fans, yeah. de- most definitely. Yeah, that's a good point, and it kind of brings up the point that if if this this should be theoretically this should be Kevin Keats's worst team, mm-hmm. talent wise that he has. I know some variables will change. Um, you know, I'm sure State will have lesser years, assuming Kevin Keats is here a long time. They'll have lesser years. Um, but I just have a hard time seeing State have a team less suited for Kevin Keats' system than this one right now. So this, theoretically, this season is Kevin Keats' floor, which pretty good floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it remains to be seen how much this team will do. But even if they don't win another game – and I told you what would happen at the beginning of the year. State doesn't win a game from here on out. You would take that, right? Mm. Yeah. So. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, though. Oh, no, it certainly won't. But I don't know. It, Kevin Keats is a phenomenal hire. It's it's a huge week coming up. This is probably, it's probably the most important week of NC State bat, certainly in the last two years. But going into it, at least, this is the most important week of NC State basketball that that I can remember off the top of my head. I'm going to look it up right now. But just, like, you beat Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's a bubble team. You know, if you lose to Virginia Tech, you might be behind Virginia Tech on some come tournament time, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've got Chapel Hill. You beat them once. Right, beat them again, get ahead of them in the standings. You know, that's I think that's game is a really big deal. Yeah, Saturday's gonna be crazy. Yeah, crazy insane to say the least. Yeah, State played Virginia and Duke in 2015 back to back, when Virginia was number three and Duke was number two. So that'd have to be up there. Mm-hmm. And then you had, well, that wasn't the same week, the Louisville and Chapel Hill games that later that year. So the Virginia and Duke two years ago, 
pretty big stretch. State split those. But I mean, I don't I don't really remember the what was going on in the season at that point. But right now, I mean, like I said, state can distance themselves and really start to forget about being on the bubble and focus on seeding and focus on seeding for the uh, NCAA tournament and the <laughs> ACC tournament. No? Yeah. Absolutely, because, I mean, it's going to be – it would be hard to keep this NC State team out of right. certain situations based on – the resume that it can provide. Yeah, I. One thing I think the double buy is important is Keats doesn't have any depth on this team. I mean, State's pretty much running seven players. And if you start to look at ACC tournament, I mean, I know this is getting ahead of myself, but if you want to look at the ACC tournament, I mean, to me, the ACC tournament is just you take your shot at it. Like it's a, it's a all reward no risks type of thing. You know, if you lose a game, okay, we're move on to the NCAA tournament. But I just don't see a, a risk in losing your season's not over. At least yeah. it won't be in in this case for state. So, I mean, why not think about winning it, right? Everybody mm -hmm. has a chance. So why don't you position yourself best? Looking at Louisville's schedule, who I think that's who it will come down to. Although Clemson at eight and three, they've put themselves in a good spot. Um, Louisville has games they have games against Georgia Tech and Pitt which you assume would be wins and then they have UNC Duke and Virginia but they also go to Virginia Tech which could be tricky and they play state oh they play state two days after playing Virginia so that could really that could be a really tough situation for mm -hmm. Louisville so theor what I think is going to happen my prediction right now is state and Louisville will play the final game of the season for the four, number four seed. Hmm. And then, if that were the case, most likely, this is not a guarantee, but most likely, state the loser of that game, whoever gets the fifth seed, like they would most likely pl then play each other in the first round of the tournament. Or not the first round, but in the quarterfinals, I think. Interesting. So I, I think that's what it's going to come down to. If I had to guess, I think Clemson will drop, but they've still won games without Grantham. So you got to give them credit. Yeah. Virginia's easily going to be the number one seed. Um, let's look at Clemson's schedule. Okay, so they've got Pittsburgh. That's going to be a win. They've got two games against Florida State. That could end up being tough. And they have, well, they have Duke come to Clemson, travel to Virginia mm -hmm. Tech. So Clemson, they've got a little bit of a cushion, not a huge cushion, a game and a half over three teams for a bye. But you you could see Clemson ending up, you know, faltering. The team that I think could falter is Chapel Hill. You they're si they're sitting there at six and five in eighth place. And so you know, you look out from the outside looking in, you'd think that they'll make a run, but I don't necessarily know that that's the case. I feel like this Chapel Hill team is a lot different than the Chapel Hill teams in the past. Yeah. Um. I don't think that Roy has the same confidence in this team that he has in his teams in the past. No. And as much as I hate them, I mean, they <coughs> went to the national championship game two years in a row, which they got some help to get there from the refs. They did. 
but they also won, so you got to give them some mm -hmm. kind of credit. Um, and they lost a lot of guys. Losing Tony Bradley, I think, was a huge deal for them, because now it's pretty much Luke May and three freshmen. I don't think Roy was expecting uh, Tony Bradley to go. He doesn't expect anybody to go, honestly, because they all stick around for mm -hmm. four years. They do. But that's what happens. 2015, 2016, and 2017 were not good recruiting classes for them, and they're seeing that right now. Yes, I agree with that. And so they're not going to be – they're not great this year. They're not going to be great next year. Um, so we'll really, really we'll see what happens with them in the long run. But just looking at this year, they are – Six and five, as I mentioned, they play Duke on Thursday, and then they turn around and play State two days later, like thirty-six hours later. Wow! So that could be that could be another two losses for them, theoretically. I saw somebody the other day commenting on how there just isn't as much hype around the Duke UNC game this year as there normally no, is. No, because UNC is UNC is not that good, and Duke's Duke's talented, but they're an enigma. You never know what you're going to get. So then they, I mean, looking at their schedule, Notre Dame is the only team who you look and say, yeah, they'll beat that team. They play, they go to Louisville, to Syracuse. Those are, Syracuse with their 2-3 zone is a bad matchup for Chapel Hill. And Louisville's obviously a tough team. And then they host Miami. Miami's a good team. And then they, go, you know, they play Duke too. I mean, I definitely think that they'll, they'll probably dominate at least one of those games, and then squeak out a couple more. Well, Notre Dame, they'll dominate Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not expecting any – like, I'm not – I guess I shouldn't count count them out because, I mean – Yeah, we all know how that goes. Yeah, but I just don't – I just don't see this team winning the ACC championship or the national championship. Not going to happen. Oh, no, no, no. They're not – yeah, no. I'd be surprised to see them – make it to the Sweet 16, to be honest. But, I mean, for we can hate them all we want, but for State's purposes this year, we need them to at least maintain some, mm -hmm. like an RPI, a decent RPI. Because um, right now that's State's best road win, really their only road win, because Pitt doesn't really and as And as a State fan, it's kind of the lesser of two evils at this point, because it's like... Yeah. If Chapel Hill stays ranked and does well, that's a good win. But at the same time, NC State fans are sitting here going, God, wouldn't it be great for UNC not to be ranked? You know? It'd be great for them to miss the tournament at this point. I mean, they got to be a little – they got to be sweating it a little bit at this point. Because, I mean, like I, I just read off their schedule. What game are you saying, oh, that's a win, besides from Notre Dame? Mm-hmm. I mean, th like, you could see them losing to Duke, losing to State, losing to Louisville, losing to Syracuse. Losing. I, I mean, I could see them beating Duke. I could, too. For if they the win sheer fact that it's a rivalry game and you you don't know what Duke's going to bring could, to the table. No, I agree. I could, the I could see them winning two games the rest of the year. Hmm. That wouldn't shock me. Which, I mean, you expect more from them than they'd, than they'd be 8-10. and 10. And they'd you know, nineteen and twelve or something. They'd certainly make the tournament. They won't get left out. But I don't know. Look, as for state, I'll pull up the schedule real quick. But 
like I said, this is a huge week. Virginia Tech, uh, I have family in Blacksburg, so I've seen them play a couple times. And they're not great. Uh, they're just the kind of team that you hate to, like, you don't like playing them. But then at the end of the day, you look at their record and you're just like, oh, okay. You know? Yeah. So, I could, like, I could see State losing that game. I really could. I, I It's a 50-50 game to me. And they always beat a good team at home. They always do. Um, this year, I, I go ahead and guarantee you it'll be Clemson. They could even beat Duke. They played Duke twice in two weeks. And they won't lose both of those games. I guarantee you that. But... Virginia Tech would be a nice win. Like I said, it, it, the importance of this game could come down to bubble bubble implications if State stays on the bubble, which I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think State is going to be on the bubble at the end of the year. I really don't. Um, but in case, you know, if you're comparing bubble teams, you know, you're saying, all right, we're going to take one more team from the ACC. It's down to NC State and Virginia Tech. You're going to look at who won that game. That's going to be a pretty big mm -hmm. deal. So that's why this game is important. Virginia Tech doesn't have a lot of height. They don't have any height, to be honest. They have one big guy that plays. Um, so if State can get him in foul trouble, they I mean, they're go they already go small. But mm -hmm. if you can make them go even smaller, Amir will have just a heyday there. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for Amir to have a big game soon. Yeah, he's had a couple of, not a rough games, but like... Quiet. Yeah, 10 points and 10 rebounds Quiet. Uh, against Notre Dame. And he missed some shots that we've grown accustomed to making. And you mentioned against Chapel Hill, you thought he didn't really have a great game that day. Mm -mm. He hit some shots and some big shots. But... Uh, yeah, I was, I was expecting more out of that game. But, I mean, everybody has... I mean, look yeah. at Al Freeman... You know, mm -hmm. everybody has bad stretches. And then the majority of the time, they get going again. And I suspect I suspect we'll see Amir have a big game mm -hmm. on Saturday. Yes. Um, for sure. <laughs> Apparently, I heard today that, I mean, have you heard anything about Amir's draft projection? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's growing, going up boards quick. I haven't seen – I don't think I've seen an actual draft, but I've heard people talking about it. I heard today that he's really not that high up yet. The highest I've seen is 18th. I've seen a couple teams have him in the – or a couple drafts have him in the top 30. But the thing I see with NBA drafts is once you get past the top 5, 10, it's really just who have you watched on TV. For the guy, for the guy making the mock draft, there's so many teams and so many players. It's yeah. just it's just a it's a crapshoot really, and um, but the the thing with the draft goes the saying is you only need one team to fall in love with you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So and and I'm sure Omir, I can get, I'll go ahead and guarantee you that I don't know where the Spurs will be drafting in June, but Omir will not get past the Spurs in the first round. Zero percent chance. I don't think he'll make it to the Spurs, but the Spurs will likely be picking 27, 28, something like that. That's the lowest Omir will go. So, Interesting. Yeah. I, I think he'll be a lottery pick. I don't really have any, 
you know, projections to back that up with, but he's seven feet tall and he can shoot. He has range. Mm -hmm. He's a good shot blocker. His rebounding has gotten a lot better. I mean, he's he's an easy first round pick in the NBA. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I agree. We'll have him, or we'll expect him to have a big game on Saturday against Chapel Hill. <laughs> Let's see. Looking at the rest of NC State schedule. So you got two big games this week. And one thing that I want to talk about before we get to the rest of the schedule is you know this. NC State has always, always, always struggled with what happens after a big win. Mm-hmm. Agree? Agreed. And I'll tell you what. They've taken care of business this year in football and in basketball. State beat Duke. Turn around, beat Clemson. It was a little close, but still won the game. And beat Chapel Hill, and then turn around and just obliterate Notre Dame. And so for Kevin Keats and Dave Doran, it happened in football too. Um, but for Kevin Keats to eliminate the so-called hangover games in his first year might be the most impressive thing he's done. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Yeah, and. It's it's fantastic to have the feeling of, like, I feel like as state fans, there's always that feeling of, we're up by 20 right now, but that could easily, easily go south pretty quick. So... Being able to eliminate hangover games and also to be able to finish out games mm -hmm. are two of his, definitely two of his best accomplishments. Yeah, especially because it's happening at NC State where we're just used to seeing what can go wrong in the final yes. two minutes. Um, I believe there's a phrase for that that I probably shouldn't. Yeah. Shouldn't say, I mean, but... Looking at the people NC say that anyway. Yeah, people say that's a thing. It does happen to other people, contrary to popular belief. I just don't think it happens as much to other teams. Well, it happens. Maybe I don't know. If NC State fans would quit feeding that, though, mm -hmm. it would it wouldn't be a thing. Like most like recruits, most recruits who come here, they probably don't know what it is. But then the first time that happens. They hear all about it. Somebody, nonstop. somebody came up with it, and everybody was like, "You know what?" That's so true. Just thinking that, like, it doesn't happen anywhere else. And then, yeah. like, it sounds bad, but all these Chapel Hill fans and Duke fans are like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Never going to beat it. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it helps them, especially when state fans are talking about it. Because then when state fans start talking about it, it's like, oh. Like, yeah. even their fan base says that. You know? Mm -hmm. It's awful. I wish it would stop. Yeah. Keats has done a good job with it. I mean, one game that comes to mind is the Clemson game. <laughs> but, I mean, to me, that was a one-time thing. And so it, it's not something I'm going to really worry about until it becomes a regular occurrence. But one thing. I think the Clemson game was an eye-opener in that fact. Mm -hmm. I was like, you can't just quit play in the last two minutes when you think you're going to. Yeah, and give Clemson credit. Yeah, man, absolutely. But 
the the trend that I've noticed with all of these big wins over Arizona, Duke, Chapel Hill is State is the team finishing the game. Mm-hmm. I don't have the the stats in front of me, but I believe in all those games, State was, you know, either behind, maybe slightly ahead, or tied with four, five, six minutes to go. Mm-hmm. State finishes the game on the run because they're the ones who have legs left. Absolutely. And they, they finish games with execution, free throws, all that stuff. And I think that's really something that's great to see in year one. But also, like I said, State's playing seven players, and they're still doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, wait until wait until Keats is playing nine, ten, eleven players every game. Yep. Then you're going to be running teams out of the gym the last couple minutes. And so uh, that's something that I think is really important as you build the program. We'll just go over State's schedule here real quick. So you've got Virginia Tech on Saturday. On fr- uh, what day? Wednesday. <laughs> And then you got why. Yeah, yeah. Then you got Chapel Hill on Saturday. Then you go to Syracuse on Wednesday. Looking at these games, I'm not really sure why State plays all their road games at 8 or 9 o'clock. That's ridiculous to me. <laughs> uh, so to Syracuse, that's going to be a tough one. Syracuse is 4-6 and six in the ACC. But uh, that zone, that's going to give State some issues. Yes. And then looking at, yeah, Syracuse, four and six. They beat Boston College. They've lost twice to Virginia. They Oh, they lost to Wake Forest. That's a bad one. They beat Virginia Tech. Um, They beat Pittsburgh. They lost to Georgia Tech. That's not a terribly impressive team. That's a game State can certainly win. Uh. It's going to be tough going up to the Carrier Dome. And that's going to be a team that could be fighting for their NCAA tournament life at 4-6, four, 15-8. Four yeah, that's that's not going to be an easy one for State. Syracuse is going to look at that as a game that they have to win, and mm-hmm. it'll be a resume booster for them. But uh, we'll see what happens there. And then you have State traveling to Wake Forest on uh, two weeks, two weeks from two days ago, so about two weeks away. Wake Forest is not a fun place to play <laughs> in football, basketball, baseball, uh, all of the sports. So Wake Forest always gives NC State a fit. Yeah. I, I wonder if Wake Forest looks at us as like their Super Bowl kind of game. Like, all right, if you beat State, you know, that'll erase some wrongdoings <laughs> from this year, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I also wonder if, like, speaking of giving NC State a fit, Wake Forest and Boston College always seem to be those teams Mm -hmm. that give NC State. In both sports. Yeah, in both sports. And in baseball. Like, I mean, State went to Fenway last year. State got swept by Boston College last (laughs) year. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying, like, there's yeah. always that factor of, like, it's not like state fans aren't like, oh, yeah, we're going to play Wake Forest. We're going to play Boston College. It's like, 
You look at it. You look <laughs> at it on the schedule. We're going to play Wake Forest. We're going to play Boston College. You, you look know? at it on the schedule and you're like, okay, we got that one. And then as it gets close, you're like, oh, oh no, yeah. yeah. It's kind of one of those like, we should like, we should be okay. We should be fine. And then we're not. The day of the game, it's like, I'm scared. Yeah. Like someone hold me. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that's what it's like. But I think it would be great to see Kevin Keats take on, like, you I, know. It, it always seems like every coach has either a team that they struggle with or a team whose number they have. State, Virginia had State's number under Gottfried, along with, no, I wouldn't say Boston College. But I, I would say Virginia is the team that had State's number under Gottfried. And I, I'd i say Gottfried probably had Duke's number, if we're being honest. Maybe Syracuse. State always seemed to play well against Syracuse. So it'll be interesting to see who those teams are for Keats, the team that causes him issues and the team that he can always beat. So you have Wake Forest Boston College back-to-back. -back. That's in two weeks. And then... You finish out with Florida State, a trip to Georgia Tech, and Louisville. Looking at the schedule, there's not a game State can't win on that. State won't win every game, but, I mean, you figure. Let's look back at the standings for the last couple of years. Fourth place team was 12-6 and six last year. Year before that, 12-6. and six. Year before that, twelve and six. So twelve and six, twelve wins is going to be the magic number, just to get a double by. Year before that, it was thirteen and five, but the fifth place team was eleven and seven. So twelve wins is likely the magic number to get a, a double by, and I I think it's in reach. I do. I mean, that would put you at six. What would that be? Six and what the rest of the way? Six and two? It's a lot to ask, but hey, maybe 11 and seven can get the job done if you have the right tiebreakers. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. Like like I said, the ACC tournament for me is really, I mean, it's important. Don't get me wrong. But really at the end of the day, it's just gravy. And State at this point is playing themselves into you know, the point where they're not going to have. Like, sometimes you go into the ACC tournament needing wins. It doesn't look like State's going to need wins at this point. Can't hurt. No, it, it won't but. hurt. But, I don't know. We'll see. Six and two, you're. Oof. It's hard to pick two losses on the schedule, to be honest. I mean, road games are tough. So, if I had to pick two losses. If State's going to actually do that, finish 12-6, and six, you pro I'd probably just pick Virginia Tech and Syracuse. And if I had to pick another loss in there... Oh, Boston College scares me. I, oof. I'd say Wake. Yeah, Wake is up there, too. Look, I was worried. I was thinking, you know, two, three weeks ago, how is this team, you know, this team is going to need to win some road games at some point just to get into the tournament. And then they knocked two of them right out of the way. And I thought two was the minimum that State would need. And I thought Pitt had to be one, obviously. Was not expecting Chapel Hill to be one at all. But 
Look, three road wins in the ACC is not terrible. If you win three road games and hold serve at home, then you're you're a 12 win team, which yeah. is obviously much eas- much tougher. What's the saying? Much easier said than easier done. Easier said than done. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but three road wins in the ACC, it's really not bad. I don't think. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I. It's hard to win games, and it's hard to win games in the ACC in general. But road games, man. Yeah. It's. That, a completely yeah. different ball game. That Boston College game is just terrifying to me. They've got that backcourt that's really good. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I I think the game on Saturday is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be really loud. It's going to be so loud. And uh, I mean, PNC was packed on Saturday. On Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I just – it was rowdy on Saturday. And that was Notre Dame. Yeah, and the game know? was over 10 minutes Yeah. In. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's going to be crazy. I'm here for it, though. I agree. It reminds me of the Clemson game where it's like, this is a really big game. And uh, Clemson and football, that is, where it's just like, all right, this is a big game. This is the team we want to beat, you know. It'll also be interesting to see how many um, Chapel Hill fans show up to PNC. Yeah. Well, they can't get tickets if people aren't selling them. Yeah. So. And I mean, like, most of the time, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of people here in PNC. And it's like, you know, like, there's sprinkles of people in the upper deck, in the 300s. Yeah. And then, like, the bowl is mostly full. I mean, like, Saturday, it was like, there yeah. were hardly any seats. Like, I told even you in the upper, like, even in the 300s. I told you it was the best crowd we've had in the last two years for any non-Duke or Chapel Hill game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So... I don't know. It's exciting times, and it's kind of important to keep in in focus the goals NCAA tournament. But, I mean, (laughs) looking at the schedule, State's kind of not really got that wrapped up, but, like, the wins are there for the taking. They really are. Execution is key. Yeah. Especially the way Keats has his team playing right now. I mean – Gotta get hot at the right time. Yeah, exactly. And they've already shown that they can play with any team in the country. So Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Anything else to add? Don't think so. We'll see if Roy decides to stick to man on Saturday. Yeah, he will. He's he's too uh, He's Roy. He's too pri- he's too prideful to go to zone. But uh we'll see. I hope he sticks in man and Omir goes for forty and twenty on him. <laughs> but uh We'll see. All right, that's going to do it for us on The Howler. We want to thank you for listening, and uh, be sure to tune in again next week. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports. 